You're now listening to The Bad Guy Radio production of Black and White Featuring Justin Lee Ken W.O. And Junior, your boy And your King boy Mac. King Mac What's up King Mac, I appreciate it What's up King Mac, I appreciate it What up? It's another episode of the Black and White. I got Mac, Junior, Kenwo out there shoveling 40 pounds of shit snow out there. So pray for Kenwo and his back. Um, How you guys doing tonight, boys? Living the dream. Doing good. Can't complain, man. Yeah. You know, today is uh, two, 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 five twos, five Derek Jeters. Five rings, six rings, how many fucking rings he got. So we're going to celebrate Derek Jeter, who is a half black legend. And let's talk about this fucking Rooney rule, which is also half black, half racist, all the way wrong. Uh, Junior, can you tell the good people what the Rooney rule is? So whenever there is a head coaching opening in the NFL, um, you have to interview at least two external minority um and for all you racist white people out there that means someone not of not white so you have to interview at least two of them uh and then for any coordinator position you have to interview at least one really quick the rooney rule i think the intentions of it are great um, when you have a sport that's 75% black or probably very close to that, maybe even more, um, but you have one black head coach, I think that's a problem. Um, they get shafted, and they, meaning African, anyone minority, gets shafted. Um, you got fucking 70, 80-year-old um, white rich men running organizations and whatever, have all this power, um, and just kind of do what they want. But I think the rule is great, but I also think the rule is trash in a sense of the way it's set up and how it's so easy to get by. Um, when you look at the whole Brian Dable situation going on right now, unfortunately, this isn't the first time something like this has happened, I'm sure, and it won't be the last. Uh, and it's just wrong. It's wrong that it takes a text message for someone to figure out that why am I even wasting my time to fly out to New York for an interview when they've already selected a guy. And the whole rule is that minority candidate is supposed to get a fair interview. Um, And when you find out something like that, I hope Brian Flores gets promoted to commissioner of the league. And I hope Brian Flores gets a a nice fat paycheck uh, because what they're doing to him is wrong. Um, And not just him, everyone of minority um, in the NFL and the NBA um, MLB, everything. I mean, it's, it's it's 2022. I mean, you got people over here on Twitter saying the N word and they say it's cool because their friends are black and they say it's cool. 
Come on, the now. one black friend they have. Yeah, the one black they, friend they have. God damn it, bro! Like going back to this Rooney Rule, uh, we we get so caught up in you know black people getting interviewed. Uh, what about the Hispanic? No, I mean for G, you know, Christ, Ron Rivera is on an island in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? So take it a step further. How many Asian coordinators do we got? You know, it's like. You want to, they're using these interviews just to take attendance. Yeah, Leslie Frazier got interviewed and be enemy is, you know, being considered. And the fucking choke job they did to uh, Byron Leftwich down in Duval. I mean, look at that, bro. They're taking fucking attendance and they're using these hardworking men as fucking pawns just to make sure that they could cross this off the, the, the moral list. Just to say, just to say, we qualify. This shit pisses me off, bro. It pisses me off. Well, it's symbolism, you know, what it boils down to is, uh, like I always say, it's easy to say you for something, but it's much harder to put action, you know, behind it. And that's what the Rooney Rule is. It's just symbolism. It's to say, look, we talk to. Uh, a couple of minority candidates, we gave them a fair shot. Uh, we just happened to choose somebody else, even though a lot of the times they already already had a candidate in mind they want to hire anyway. But this just allows them to say, hey, we interviewed the black guy. That's your symbolism. But not really put any action behind it. And it's the same thing that goes on in the this day and time anyway with the fake activism, man, like with the hashtag Black Lives Matter. It's easy Fuck to put hashtag Black Lives Matter up. But you'll never see any of these people that say that in the Inglewood neighborhood. You'll never see any of these people that say that marching with people in the neighborhood to stop violence that has absolutely nothing to do with the police officers. They'll march when the police officers do something because that's easy. That you could throw some political muscle behind that, but then when the community needs something besides that, you don't hear anything from from them. It's it's just totally fake activism, man, and totally fake bullshit. And that's really what it boils down to. And I hope Flores get paid. I I want to say this. Sure, I want him to sacrifice for the brothers. He already did that. I mean. Because he came out, he, he probably would be like Cap, never get an NFL job again. So he already made his sacrifice. Now I hope the brother get paid. Hope he get millions. Racks on racks on racks on racks. That's what I hope the man get. I think when you look at, you know, a situation like, and with Brian Flores, Brian Flores wanted to Sean Watson last year in Miami. I thought that would have been a good fit. Um and then Brian Flores gets fired, and now you have an opening in Houston. Why, why is Houston not offered a job to Brian Flores yet? I mean, but you're going to bring in Josh McCown, who the highest level of coaching he ever had is coaching his son's high school football team when he's a part-time NFL player? You're going to bring that guy in for an interview? And I'm not, I'm not degrading Josh McCown or his knowledge of the game or the Real quarterback guy. position Real or anything guy. like that. But Brian Flores, who – who who wanted Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson, who wanted Brian Flores, wanted Miami, Deshaun Watson, who said he'll never play a game again with the Texans, why don't you try to bring in Brian Flores and try to mesh that 
that relationship and try to fix that. Because when you look at Deshaun Watson, and yeah, he has a bunch of shit going off on off the field that he's got to get figured out, you know, whatever. But that's elite talent. That is elite talent. And you got a coach who has done nothing but win the last two years. Granted, it's the regular season, but has done nothing but win. The players, he demands the players' respect. He gets the respect. And the players give him all on the field. I don't understand how this man hasn't been hired yet. I thought there was one coaching candidate this offseason who was better than him. I thought that was Jim Harbaugh. And right, I thought Flores was too. And what? the fact that there's there was nine vacancies and he hasn't been hired for one of them yet, I think that's a serious fucking problem. Well, I can tell you so, right now, he's not going to get hired now. <laughs> now, that he, now that he brought that lawsuit against him and aired that dirty laundry, you can forget about it. It's going to be the same as the cap situation. But one thing I want to touch on is this is a prime example why it's important to have black ownership, Blacks in leadership roles, as far as like GM roles or team president roles, because then they can relate and have some type of relationship with other black coaches where they can bring them in. And if you have ownership, then you definitely got a say so in who you have coaching your team, running your organization. So I think that's the step or the next evolution that black folks need to look at because I can tell you right now, and this just being honest, I expect people to look out for their own. It doesn't shock me. It doesn't surprise me. That's what people do. I mean, all of us who have kids or cousins or nephews or whatever, you would look out for them. I mean, prime example, the team, the football team, all three of us root for the bears. McCaskies are never going to sell the team. You say you look out for your own. Ted Phillips has a job, and he hasn't done shit in 21 years. You're looking out for your own. Um, so, I mean, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, you're you being unrealistic if you think people are not going to look out for their own people. You, you're just being unrealistic, and that's just being honest. You know, I never, I never really take issue with that. Like when people say nepotism this or nepotism that, I don't take issue with that because – I would do the same thing. If I were in an organization, you better believe my fucking son would have a job. You know what I mean? So I'm just being totally 100% honest. To me, it's about putting yourself in a situation where you can look out for your people. And then that way, you won't be having to go through these situations over and over and over again. If you had black ownership, Kappa have a job. More than likely. You had more black ownership, Flores would probably have a job more than likely. So I think, yeah, we should talk about this situation because it's fucked up. But at the end of the day, we have to take the next step and evolve into ownership roles, into leading organizations, into management, etc. Well, you got to think about in the sports world, Mac, how high the bar is set for people of color and minority to get to that level. Look at Michael Jordan. If he didn't have the six rings and control America through, you know, throughout his prime and what the Bulls did, I don't think he'd be owning the Hornets right now. You I know what I'm saying? Whole, I agree wholeheartedly, but, bro, uh, I like yeah, to no, say. Yeah, no, I know, Mac. 
I know. We, we don't live. We can talk about how things should be, but at the end of the day, we have to talk about how things currently are. And unfortunately, if you don't own anything, you don't really have a say so. Ownership equals control. If you are employed by someone, they have the control. They can decide what they want to do with your employment. Boss, worker. See the difference? And I think, unfortunately, in today's society, people want to sugarcoat that. But that's exactly what it is. If you don't own anything, you don't control anything. And you got to think, too, look at the generation we in, how many people refute criticism. They turn it into the word hate, harassment, all of that when you oppose their views. Mac, we're raising a generation here in America where it's okay for kids to talk back to their superior because they may or may not be right in a technical situation. Nobody respects hierarchy anymore. You know, Brian Flores gave me winning seasons in back-to-back years with a bogus quarterback, bogus offensive line, borderline racist, elitist owner, fans ain't coming to the game. So you got this black man nailed to the cross like he's some type of religious figure, well, and he's still produced. Look at the and the man they doesn't get him. an interview. Look at the excuses they using why now, because he came out and aired the dirty laundry. Look at the excuses you see on the internet about why he didn't get a job, because he can't, one of the quotes is, he can't get along with people. So because he asserts himself in an authoritarian manner, which he should because he's a coach. He's a head fucking coach. That means you do what the fuck he says do. It's really that simple. They say, oh, he can't get along with guys. No. That's the problem. That's why you have a lot of bullshit going on today because you got a lot of weak-ass leaders. And this man decided, I'm not going to accept mediocrity and disrespect, and he's considered hard to play for or hard to get along with. It's all bullshit. fucking alpha to me. You know, it's all bullshit. That's the type of guy you need in the locker room. And it's a fucking shame that a guy who could very well be what the NFL represents, hard work, hard nose, hierarchy, and you you going to ax him out of a job. His fucking old employer, New England, Bill Belichick, was the one that told him they both get the job. How the fuck do you know before I know? Not even before we even get to New York hiring somebody well, before I even have my mother. We know the answer that. Good old boys club, you know. Uh, we know the answer to that. You, you, we know that they text message each other and probably ask for recommendations and all type of stuff. But we know how he received the, the text message or how he knew that the guy was getting the job with the Giants before Flores did. So, I mean, like I say, none of this shocks me. And until we evolve in a, as a community as far as having an ownership mentality, we're going to keep having these issues and problems, and we're going to keep asking and asking, can we be involved 
will you give us a fair opportunity? At some point, we have to stop asking and realize that we got to take some responsibility as far as going out here and owning shit and demanding, not asking, demanding. This is what needs to happen. Keep telling people. Name anywhere where people got freedom by asking. Nobody got it by asking. So, Nowhere in history. We got to, we, us as black folk, we got to act like my brother Junior here. A seat at the table ain't enough. And if I'm upset, I flip the fucking table over. I think we got to start taking Junior's lead. Uh, I'm going to pass it to my boy. I'm going to say one word, Junior, and you give me the first thing that comes to your mind. Ready? Eberflus. We're going to have to tell Junior that his, mute, his mic is muted. Thank you, America. He's back. <laughs> All right. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind when I hear Eberflus, he sound The press conference I thought was good. Um, I liked how they listening to polls and Eberflus, they didn't sound weak. Um, I felt like every time I saw Nagy go up on the stand, you know, we're trying to find the wise, we're trying to find the wise. And one thing I heard Eberflus say was, I'm going to show them the wise. So I think the leadership there is there with Eberflus and everything I'm seeing online. And I know uh, uh, Frank, uh, is it Frank Reich? Yeah, Frank Reich, the head coach of the Colts, speaks very highly of him. Um, and it also means a lot that the whole defensive staff, it seems like, now works for the Chicago Bears. I mean, the Colts defensive staff works for the Bears now. Um, you know, he wasn't my number one choice. I wanted Harbaugh and then Flores. And then after that, I guess, you know, whatever. But these people, they around football their whole life, every day, so they know more than I do. So hopefully the the Bears pick the right people. Let's, uh, let's simplify this for a second before I give it to you, Mac. Um Look at how the Colts won all those games with Eberflus in-house. It didn't matter who was the fucking quarterback, whether you got jo- Jacoby Brissett or Carson Wentz, you know, two medium-ass guys, and they still produce. Uh, one small thing that people are not even looking at is hit, look at the defensive coordinator, the secondary coach for fucking uh, the Colts, Allen Williams. The Colts were top 10 in points given up, so that means nothing over my head. And you're not going to cash in in the red zone all the time. The red zone was what made the Chicago Bears a losing team last year on offense and defense. And I feel like Ryan Poles did a fucking good job fixing where we were bad at. I mean, look at him himself. He's a fucking offensive lineman, for Christ's sake. You think that's not going to help Tevin Jenkins? Boom. You know, we get in continuity back in the Bears. Uh, locker room back at Hallis Hall. You see it every day. You're going to see it at t- on TV. You're going to hear it at the fucking podium. We're going back to who we are. We're getting back to those Lakeshore Drive principles. Uh, go ahead, Mac. I mean, uh, my first choice was Byron Leftwich. Your black ass. Man. I'm not going to lie. That was my first choice. I mean, he uh, 
had a top five offense, even with uh my man Jameis Winston, who, who loves the interceptions. I mean, he's absolutely attracted to throwing the ball to the uh, DBs of the other team. He loves it. You know what I mean? I guess he want to test out their hands and shit. I don't know. But uh, he still managed to have a top five offense with him. And we know for a fact that Leftwich calls uh, plays over there in Tampa Bay. It's not like uh, Nagy, who we didn't have an idea if he was calling plays or not. So I'm on a Leftwich, but I talked to Brother Jay Hood and on the Smoke Room podcast, and, and I'm kind of taking the approach like him as far as waiting to see, you know, how it goes. You know, I'm, I don't have anything negative to say about them hiring him. Uh, I'm happy just to be moving on from Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. So I think the change is always good. And I'm rooting for them to be successful because I'm a fucking Bears fan. So I don't have any negative energy to send their way. Uh, I think it's always a mantra in every sport. You win with defense. So I don't think you can go wrong with that. Uh, We seen how my boy Pat Mahomes you know, kind of got shut down in the second half of that uh, AFC championship game. Defense came out and did his job or did a better job than they did in the first half. So we know that defense is very important in football and in general, generally in all sports. So I'm not mad with the move, bro. I, I don't have anything negative to say. I'm all positive on it right now. All I have to say is let the brother Ryan Pose do that work. He out there putting in work. He got the ski mask and the gloves on, and he slide. He's spinning the block on the NFL, baby. Absolutely. So let the man do his job. You know the big winner in all of this is Justin Fields because now you're giving the young blood some confidence. You're telling him, you know, he's going to be the starter. The whole season, uh, Luke Gatsby, he was the whole passing game coordinator for the Packers. I think that's going to help Justin situationally. It's going to get his cadence down. It's going to get his timing in the RPO game, right? Because that's all it is. It's just timing. You know, once you bring the ball back out of the running back's hand, you got to be ready to deliver, you know, a strong throw. Even if it's a seven to you stretch it out to an 11-yard pass, you still got to be on time with the RPOs. I think Luke Getsby is an outstanding move uh, for the Bears, and it's really going to help us. Uh, Junior, I know you're still not sold on my boy Justin. You don't like any fucking Justin, I swear. <laughs> and I'll be hyping you up on the show. One, th- one, one, one thing I'll say that I like, and obviously, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I think they said – the offense is going to be built around Justin. We're not going to bring someone in and just throw their offense in there, which that's what coaches do. They they build off of a player's positives. But one thing I like that they're doing, not to take it away from Fields, the guys they're bringing in in the front office, the guys they're bringing in, these coaches, they're offensive line oriented. And it's been a while since we've been able to say, you know, the Bears O-line is even average um, and where I legit thought they were average. So you bring in these guys who can evaluate talent, especially at the offensive line position. Um, I mean, that's a that's a plus for Justin right there. Um, and you want him – not that you want him. He already has the ability to extend plays with his feet. 
Um, but knowing like, hey, I have I have five big motherfuckers in front of me that aren't going to let a Nick Bosa get to me, a Joey Bosa and Aaron Donald get to me. I think that uh, that definitely helps, you know, a quarterback in developing. Um, I mean, then you move to, you know, the other player, other positions. I mean, you got it. You got to get a number one receiver. Um, I like Darnold. I want us to go out and try to look at uh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams, I wouldn't mind. Um, I know people aren't too high on it. I'm cool with going after a Godwin, even with a blown out knee or Gallup with a blown out knee. Um, everyone's saying like Devontae Adams. Listen, I'd love me some Devontae Adams, but that that shit ain't happening. I ain't paying Devontae Adams $30 million a year. No, they're going to have to be selling fucking feet picks at Howard's <laughs> Hall to get Devontae Adams. Here. And OnlyFans slamming that shit down. So you got some, you got to do something else, Virginia. You got to, you know, you got to throw that ass at some great granny, <laughs> you know, but oh, you don't think we could get Devontae? No, I don't. No, I think that that's not realistic. I really, I really don't think it's possible. Well, I mean, I think they do need to get a number one type wide they, receiver. They, they need a number one type yeah. receiver. You know, I, I, I like, like Darnell Mooney. Mooney and what he offers, but he's he's not he's not a number one. And I think Bears fans, and I speak for most of them, stop. Like Darnell Mooney's a good player, but he's he's not that that number one guy that you can trust. He's really not. Yeah, I mean, any any, I mean, I want to say small because Tyreek Hill small. No, but he, he is small. He, he is ain't small. Tyreek Hill though. So, yeah, he's definitely not Tyreek Hill. I uh, mean, yeah, the the NFL is, I think, is kind of changing to where you don't need that receiver who can get a fifty fifty ball ninety five percent of the time, um, because I think you're starting to see it change a little bit to players like Tyreek Hill who can just mm-hmm. blow the top off the defense, and I can outrun you. Yeah, and, it is. I get you. I, you're I you're, you're going to throw the ball seventy yards down the field, and I know he's going to be there to catch it just because his speed allows him to do so. Um, but I still think you need that that number one receiver. I mean, you get your Tyreek Hills, who are an exception, because um, I think he is a number one. But um, yeah, they 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 need help. And 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 yeah, he didn't have a good season this year. Allen Robinson, I think maybe you try to bring him in with his agent Brandon Parker, and maybe you try to work something out and just you know reassure them. Hey, yeah, he might be scarred though, because you might, know from might, the from the sounds of it, it sounds like. You know, uh, Nagy was just like, you know, fuck you. I'm, I'm going to tarnish you or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, when, when stuff like that comes out, when it comes out, you know, you hear him how the exit interview after 2021, you don't even contact him. You know, when the, when the athletic made the article that you, you didn't even, I remember that. You didn't even show up to um, the offseason meetings. You just left Trubisky hanging and say what you want about Mitch. I don't think he was the next whatever, but. I mean, you don't do that to your starting quarterback, especially at the quarterback position when you're some quote-unquote QB guru. And then you get in the face of Khalil Mack after they lose, you know, against against the Raiders in London. You, you don't do that shit. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think – I'm going to say this about Nagy. I think he's an idiot. Uh, but I don't think anybody could save Mitch Trubisky. I think Mitch Trubisky was – not redeemable, uh, just being honest about that. Uh, as far as, and I will cut Trubisky some slack because it's hard to kind of judge anybody based on uh, Nagy uh, coaching. <laughs> but in North Carolina, he couldn't be the guy who couldn't even make it in the NFL. I'm talking about Mr. Trubisky. And then he had one 
year at North Carolina, and it wasn't a fucking great year where he just blew every fucking body away. Let's just be honest about that. And yeah, it, was, it wasn't it wasn't like a fucking Joe Burrow one year sensation at LSU where he has sixty touchdowns, wins a national championship in the there Heisman. There you go. Exactly. This is a guy who I I don't know who who the guy who he beat out that year or barely beat out, but you know I mean Mitch Mitch got drafted high. Uh, I mean you can say he had a high ceiling, sure, whatever. But I mean you look at him and he just screamed athlete, and I think that's where Ryan Pace fucked up was he saw an athletic quarterback and just went off for him so i mean you draft mitch and whatnot it set you back five years and that's why we're in the hole we're in now so yeah i mean even even then you know he, he wasn't like an elite athlete but i agree you seen athlete but uh i don't think you can really judge honestly except for maybe the offensive line because a lot of that is effort I don't really think you can judge any offensive player on the Bears team fairly because of Matt Nagy. You don't know which players he had personal grievance with, so he said, fuck it, I'm going to tarnish them, or I'm just going to, you know, make sure they don't be a part of the offense. Uh, it was also reports came out he didn't want to start uh, Justin Fields. So who knows? He, he may not even gear his game plan towards a Justin Fields skill set or developing Justin Field because he didn't want to start him that year anyway. So I or don't maybe, think maybe he just doesn't know how to develop a fucking player. Honestly, I'm about to say, because if you play, even if us three, we sitting here, if we play in Madden, we swapping out Andy Dalton for Justin Field. We just doing that on Madden. What do you see at practice between Andy Dalton and Justin Field? You, you moved up in a draft to get him. If Matt Nagy was in house instead of John Fox when Mitch got drafted, I think I Matt Nagy was just egotistical, man. He was very egotistical. Yeah, I, I don't. I, th- I don't I think, think he was. He gave on, a I fuck. think he was. I think he was on a power trip, and he made it very aware that I'm in charge here, and I I have the final say so over things. When you when you when when you come in right, like you're trying to save your fucking job, and I'm not saying the Bears had to come out to make the play, make the playoffs to save your fucking job. But you draft this guy out of Ohio State and the Bears hyped him up like, hey, we think he's going to be the next thing, yada, yada, whatever. That's fine. That is their job. But this is the one guy who could possibly save your fucking job and you didn't want to give him a fucking chance, a fair fucking chance. You want to throw Andy fucking Dalton out there? Andy fucking Dalton? I was at the game against Baltimore when Justin got hurt. I screamed the whole time, a fucking Rookie, not just a quarterback, a rookie quarterback's best friend is a fucking solid tight end. You had Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet, the decent tight ends. Soon as Justin got hurt, I saw Andy prance out of the field. Who was right behind him? Jimmy Graham. First seven or eight plays of of Andy Dalton coming to that game, Jimmy Graham was on the field. Why the fuck can't Justin Fields get that? Why can't he get that extra help, that safe blanket for four or five yards? He can't block, so you know we're throwing to him. I mean, I think it was fucking ter- it was terrible, bro, because like Jimmy Graham had some brutal fucking drops for us this year as Bears fans. Justin Fields laid the ball right where he wanted. A couple of them was in the end zone, to be honest with you. I think he dropped one in Pittsburgh when you was at the game, Junior. I mean, but still, even though Jimmy Graham is a piece of shit, you got to have him on the field for Justin because that's one of the few offensive weapons, especially when you're going to have Allen Robinson, a fucking vegetable 
for most of the year. Yeah. Useless on the roster. Yeah. And people telling me he's a wide receiver one. You got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah, I just think no. it was all bad for Justin Fields. I don't think he was in a position really to succeed. Uh, I like what I see as far as talent, just his physical gifts. But as far as really judging him on the football field, it's hard because the fucking line was tragic. The coach was fucking tragic, and the GM was a wimp. Wimps and Sims, as we like to say on BGR. Wimps and Sims, but, you know uh, who you are. But so I can't judge the man. Uh, I think next year we, we'll get a better picture because he have a full camp. He know He knows he's the guy. And they'll be doing everything they possibly can to help him succeed. So then we'll have a little bit more information. But as far as me, I personally believe in Justin Fields. So we'll see what happens. That's why I say it's basically a wait and see with the Bears right now. We got to see how the roster uh, comes along, what they do in the draft, and all that good stuff. uh, It's a big culture difference as a fan between the Bears and uh, the White Sox, you know. We instill all this confidence in one player. You know, they could do no wrong. It's the situation. It's the system. It's the coach. It's the culture. We praise Justin Fields unanimously. But when we go to the White Sox, it's kind of iffy on Yoan Moncada. And that's the... That's whoa, the, whoa, the, whoa, the, whoa, the, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Call HR, whoa. Junior. Call, Call HR. There. I don't care. I don't care, bro. 1-800-HUMAN-RESOURCES here. I'm going to have to step in and intervene. A video was posted today of Yomankata working out. He's he's over that offseason last year, the year before. Big balls. Big balls on the exercise. That's a big ball that motherfucker was throwing. (laughs) That's the same shit I was doing when I was 14 in high school making zero dollars. Good for Yomankata. Good for him. He's finally learned what he asked during the offseason. Good for him. But continue. Well, I mean, I like the video. And, you know, if, if you if you, <laughs> if you make a statement about one of the favorite players on the White Sox, you call it a hater. But I'm just saying, if he just not starting to – if we're just not seeing workout videos in February, that should be a red flag. <laughs> that should be a red flag. <laughs> not, 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 not something to praise. I mean, I mean, so what was you doing in October – November, December, <laughs> January. I'm just saying. Because he sure as fuck wasn't hitting the ball in October. You know, I'm just saying. Say that much. Yeah, that's all Jesus I'm saying. Jesus Christ. But as far as, you know, baseball is different, though, Justin. Baseball is mano a mano, really. I mean, it's a team game, but when you up to bat, it's you versus the pitch. It's really it. That's what it comes down to. Is the pitcher going to make a mistake? And are you going to take advantage of it? Are you going to grind that A-B out? That at-bat out? That's what it boils down to. Football, Justin Fields, he depended on his line. He depended on his wide receivers. He depended on his running back. He, he kind of more dependent. Depended on his coach. In baseball, is you in the batter's box, that pitcher on the mound, he throwing his best stuff. Are you going to hit it or not? What you going to do with it? So, baseball a little bit different in football. I don't I don't think so, Mac. I, I mean, think so. 
when you gotta when you think about it, you're talking about mano a mano. There's gonna be some matchups of what does Justin Fields bring to the table to go up against a Nick Bosa, a Joey Bosa? Because you can't say he's going up against like you know cornerbacks and safeties. Although that once you get further away from the line of scrimmage, that's when the thinking man game comes. But once you get closer to the line of scrimmage, I can I can put it up against physical matchups. How can Justin Fields get away from Aaron Donald or? You know what type of tools does he have to combat the problem? He got legs. He got legs. He can depend on, but he's still dependent on that line to give him some time. He can't do shit if he getting two seconds to throw the ball. Nobody can do shit if they getting two seconds. Give him two and a half, but not two seconds flat. Two and a half. That's a good RPO. A hitter in a batter's box. It's on him. It's strictly on him. He got nobody else to depend on. It's him and that piece of wood in his hand. That's it. That's mano y mano. That's why I love baseball. That's as good as that's as good as it get. That's that's the matchup. The hitter and the pitcher. Who gonna do what? Who gonna make a mistake? Who gonna take advantage of that mistake? Who gonna grind it out? That's why I love magical. You know what magical is? I know you don't I know you hate. Oh, he made toys show. for Santa Claus. You know, what, you know what he, he did? did? He grind <laughs> ABs out. He's a grinder. <laughs> That's the difference in baseball and football. He ain't walking his way to a World Series either. <laughs> There's no pitcher on the face of the planet that's scared of Yoan Moncada when he digs in. I, I got fucking eyewitness footage of pitchers pitching around Luis Robert already. Pitching around Jose Abreu, they would rather hit him than give him two strikes in that bat. Got I mean, motherfuckers out here that would take Yo Moncado over Luis Robert. What the fuck do you? Oh, I hope not. Listen, Don't all of, all of, listen, all of us out here, none of us are saying Yo Moncado. You won't hear that on Black White Sox Twitter. I'll tell you that. None, none of us, none of us are saying Moncada is a terrible player. So for all you fucking little Simpson wimps out there that say BGR says he sucks, no, we don't say he sucks. He's a my solid favorite player, player bitch. A, he is my favorite player on the team. He's a solid player. He just has to be better. It's that simple. But when I see people say, yo, Mancata better than Luis Robert, what the fuck do you see? Am I blind? War. I have bad vision. War. I have bad vision. <laughs> yeah, war. Yeah, war. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. So, yeah, so what, what do you see? Because you know what I see when I see Luis Robert? A fucking pit bull. I see a man running around with his fucking hair on fire. You know what I see? Fucking hey, Yo Moncada, a fucking a Chihuahua, and a man running around with fucking a million different hair products. You get Taco Bell. Gonna tell me fucking Yo Moncada more record, valuable than Luis Robert? I think Moncada, like you said, Junior. I think Moncada is a solid player. For the record, I think my problem comes in when people overrate him based on one stat. That they just happen to love. That's my problem. When you call him elite, you lose me. Because I can't go with that. I cannot roll with just, you calling him elite. We just saw the other day. I retweeted it and I laughed. You're going to say he's one of the, he's a top 10 third baseman in our franchise history. Motherfucker, you're making it seem like we have fucking Cal Ripken <laughs> or some shit. Like, what? Like, like, come on. Stop. Show me a Chipper Jones or even our Adrian best third Bell- baseman in history is. Right, fucking Robin Ventura, Joe yeah. Creed, like, and they were average players. Let's talk. Let's rate them this way: 
Is he one of the top hitters in White Sox history? How about no. that? How about that? Let's no. start that. He's not better than Abreu as a hitter. He's not better than uh, Tim Anderson as a hitter, if you want to use a new age player. He's not better than uh, Paul Konerko was as a hitter. He's not better. We know he's I fucking not better than Frank Thomas. Maglio so Ordonez. That's a waste time bringing him up. He's not better than Maglio Ordonez. Not better than Carlos Lee. Bro, you can you can literally sit here now and you can look at one through nine, okay? Out of all the positions, obviously not including pitchers, just the the offensive hitters. You can make an argument. Grandel better hit him. As yeah. a matter of fact, was, Grandel is. Gonna, there is no hit. argument. I was just gonna say you could fucking make an argument. The only two positions he is better than offensively, whatever we're throwing out there in right field and second base. You can make that argument. Yeah, he he better than that. <laughs> I agree, but. You can't say he's a better hitter than Abreu. You can't say he's a better hitter than uh, T.A. Is he Luis? a better hitter even than Luis? Eloy? No, he's not better than Eloy. No. <laughs> exactly. I don't think so. No. That, that, you can debate six that. Or you can debate that. Player on the fucking you can team. debate that, though. You can debate if he's a better hitter. Oh, you, than I think you could debate it. But you my can debate opinion, a wall. Just, my opinion, I just think Eloy's a better hitter. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if I was, and this is not in any particular order, this is just the white size players I believe better than Yoan Moncada on the team. Tim Anderson, Robert, Abreu, Grandel, uh, Pitchers. Liam? No, I'm just going by hitters. Oh, okay. Honestly, I will put Moncada as like the fifth or sixth best hitter on the team. That that will be my honest assessment. That's I don't fine. Think he, I don't think he's better than Grandel. I don't think he's better than Robert. I don't think he's better than Tim Anderson. I don't think he's better than Abreu. Like I say, with Eloy, it's a debate. I want to see Eloy healthy for a full season. I saw Eloy healthy for a full season, the shortest season, and he was fucking awesome. I agree. If he can stay healthy, he, you know you're going to get 30 bombs. That without a doubt. Mm-hmm. He can just run into 30. He's so fucking strong. You know you're going to get 30. But that's the thing with Eloy. Can he stay healthy, though? At least... Moncada was healthy for the whole season last year, you could say. He played. That's one thing I would that's one thing I will give Moncada. Motherfucker, you know he's probably gonna be out there every game. Yeah, he I'm played not, like 100, 145 games last year. He's gonna be out there every day. I'll yeah. g- I will give him that. I mean, what was Moneyball, right? Okay, money everybody, my boy Jordan, he loves Moneyball. Why do we like him? Because he get on base. You know, that's the favorite gift. A fucking white I used Twitter. to be on Twitter like, give me the fucking gift every they, time they, this piece of they, shit took a walk. They used off. to be uh, white size Twitter favorite gift. So everybody liked Moneyball, right? What was Moneyball? Moneyball was about finding value in players that was overlooked that you can get for a cheaper price than an expensive player that gives you basically the same value as this less expensive player. Right now, honestly, you can find a less expensive player then Moncada, they can give you almost the same production as far as Moncada, and that's just the truth. Now, everybody will point to Moncada defense. Moncada defense is above average, but it's not gold glove caliber, and I'm not saying that because 
gold glove, you know, I know people use the excuse, the gold glove vote is a sham, blah, 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 all that old bullshit. But no, I'm talking about, even if you look at the metrics, he's like fucking seventh and eighth at the fucking position if you like defensive metrics. So, even then, he's not a gold glove caliber guy because gold glove, you're talking about what? Top three guy at the position. Top two guy at the position as far as defensively. So, to me, that's my argument is you guys who love Mankata, that our Mankata stands, you guys are overvalued. I'm not saying Mankata is garbage. I'm not saying he's bus cotter. I'm not saying he's a bum, any of that. I'm just saying people on White Sox Twitter have a tendency to overrate Mankata a lot. That's my only point. It's just like be realistic. That's all I ask. Well, it, you know, we're in a generation where people will lie to get their agenda across. Now, we've been sitting here watching Nolan Arenado, Matt Chapman, you know, even Kyle Seeger, Alex Bregman. Those top guys, they rate Moncada above them because of one stat. I mean, shit, Austin Riley. Austin, Austin Riley took a bigger leap than Moncada did from 2018 to 2019 this year. But they don't want to give him a credit because of one stat. There's no fucking way. No way. You know, like I say, OBP, good stat, yeah, but that's not the fucking end all be all. You know what I mean? That's not. I'm sorry. It's not. It's not the it's not the end all be all. You know, especially when and I vividly remember this. The metrics community argument against uh Magical at the time was he didn't have power, so he would just be hitting singles, so he would be dependent on other people driving him in. So what the fuck is a person that just walks? Isn't he dependent on somebody to fucking drive him in? He can't walk himself home, can he? So what the fuck is you talking about? That's and what in I most mean. Situations, when, when, he can't when, walk nobody home either. When Moncada fucking walks it. He doesn't steal, so you almost have to hope someone fucking hits him in by a dinger or a few base hits. And that's another. Like, it's not like he's putting himself in fucking running in scoring position. And Junior, you made a great argument. This is what I'm talking about by watching the game. Is Tim Anderson a better value on the base than fucking Grandel? Yes. Is he a better value on the base than fucking Moncada? Yes. Is Lewis Robert a better value on the base than fucking the Brave? Yes. So them being on base is totally different than a Moncada or a Grandel on base because you're getting more value. It takes less for them to score runs. That's why you have to watch the game. Every walk is not the same. Yes, they all go to first base, but they all are not valued the same at first base because of speed, because of athletic ability, because how many takes, how many hits it would take to drive them in. Damn. You got to think, you got to think, too, what, what, what a pitcher, I mean, you get a Tim Anderson on first, you might be thinking, fuck, this guy might steal on me. Or you might, you might be thinking, fuck, a ground ball doesn't necessarily give me an inning ending double play because he may break up the fucking double play at second. Exactly. You walk a fuck, you walk a ground ball. 
You're not looking over to him. He You're not making the same. You know how much pressure you take and, off. And, and then you get Moncada, who's up next, or whoever it is. I, I'll use someone else, because if I use Moncada, people are going to fucking cry about it. You fucking bring up Eloy next. Eloy hits a ground ball. That's an inning-ending double play. Easily. All of them running Whoa. with pianos on their back. <clears throat> Man, and if you know how much pressure you take off the pitcher knowing I don't got to throw the first, it's turning everybody into John Lester. He's keyholed the hitter now. So now... All of the pressure to score the run is on the hitter because I know the guy is fucking camped at one. How much value is a guy that's camped in one? Play the game of baseball and find out. It don't matter what type of hitter you are. If I got to go, if I got to impregnate my slugging percentage just to make sure that the team is productive because you can't get to second base. You know that's why? A fucking anxiety attack. You know why Tim Anderson scores shitloads of runs? A shitload of runs? Oh, he's very good at scoring runs because he's a very fucking elite base runner with a high fucking IQ on the bases. He scored on plays that other people wouldn't be able to score. He scored when the balls hit the fucking third base and he's on third base. He still scores. He's very fucking valuable on base. He's probably him and Lewis Robert are probably, well, not even probably they are the most, Valuable players the White Sox can have on base. You know why? Because they both dogs. They greedy. They tactical. You got to think. They Ain't attack. No hesitation. That's what they do. They, attack. They, there is no hesitation. They, they, look, dogs, they, look, they look to score runs. It's like, you know how you, I remember when you go play against Jackie Robinson West. You know, if nobody like going to play against Jackie Robinson West. You know why? Because they was finna run all over your ass. Long run, day run, run, run. That's what they finna do. So, them guys know how to use their legs well, and that's why they valuable on base. And like I said, you know, uh, nobody, at least I know from BGR, is a fucking hater. Maybe Ken, I ain't gonna lie. Ken, I don't think he really has a like for Moncada. But, <laughs> but <laughs> other than Moncada that, could dance better than everybody else give uh, solid opinions and views on Moncada. Motherfuckers just need to stop being sensitive on motherfucking White Sox Twitter. Get the and, and, get the fucking we, tissue we, out and wipe I'm, the tears. I'm looking right now. Tim Anderson was 24th in runs in baseball in 123 games played and with only 17 fucking home runs. <laughs> that man. Come on now. He's a bad man. He, he, when we talk about elite talent, that's an elite baseball player. You know that's what, Ozzy? You know what, Ozzy again, Junior called him. Who, T.A.? Yeah, T.A. And I don't and I don't necessarily agree with it, but you know what he called him? Ricky Henderson. That's high fucking praise. High oh, yeah. fucking praise. So, so White Sox fans, you better fucking enjoy it. Because in three years, when Timmy's rocking a different fucking jersey, you're going to fucking hate it. He definitely a $100 million enjoy plus it. man. Definitely. Yes, he is. And we sure as fuck ain't paying him. Yeah, that's true. So Motherfuckers, motherfuckers want to come at me talking about some... You don't want to uh, open up another hole trying to close one. You th- What do you think is going to happen when we lose Tim Anderson? You got a vocal leader at shortstop. That's a keyhole position that you want to have stationed in your organization. I hope we don't lose him because that's the day I might shed a fucking tear. And Mac don't do no crying. But I might shed a tear <laughs> that day. You know what I mean? So uh, Get your fucking Kleenex. And yes, you heard it right. Mac did speak of himself in the third person. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Now, anyway, <laughs> what note you want to end the show out on, man? Uh, 
This is a good show. What y'all got to say for the people, man? Uh, you know, we had a turbulent one uh, this week at the BGR, but we keep it moving. Uh, really happy for the Bears. Um, I was talking about it with Mac earlier in the show. I hope the White Sox get this uh, Liam Hendricks, Craig Kimbrell thing ironed out. Uh, I don't want to worry about that on top of right field and second base because I ain't got nobody in-house to play either one of those positions without having to pull my fucking hair out. So, uh, you know, the Bulls helped me sleep at night. Uh, we I, You know, it was a good show. Uh, happy to talk to my brothers here. Uh, Junior, what you got for the people tonight? Uh, man, you know, the other day I woke up feeling a little dangerous. I had a body. Someone put someone in a in a bag. Um and I'm not that type of person. I don't want to do that. But Tina Fey coming at me, trying to fucking give me wrestling gifts. I'm going I'm to bury you. You try that again. Uh, but it's the beginning of the show. I don't know how much we have to stress it. And I saw I saw someone earlier in the week say, BG, BGR, if you don't agree with them, they'll call you racist. That's a bunch of bullshit. You can agree with me I may, or disagree. I may call you stupid as fuck. Dummy. I, I may be wrong. I won't call you racist. I don't take offense to many things. Do not call me a racist. Um, I see people on Twitter using words they shouldn't use. And you get the reply is, I've said far worse in my life. Like, they're happy about it. Be a better person. That's all I'm saying. It's 2022. It's not 1950 where we got to treat someone who, who isn't white like, like they're a piece of shit. It's crazy. Grow the fuck up. Act like the man you are or the woman and just be a better person. That's all I got to say. That's how I'm going to end it. Well, you know, uh, glad you brothers ended the way you ended it, even though, you know, I don't feel like I disagree with uh, Justin. I don't feel like BGR have a turbulent uh, week because I don't pay attention to the fucking noise, to be honest. Because this week I got to talk to the brother Jay Hood. And to me, that's the highlight of my fucking week. He's a guy I listen to at fucking midnights on the radio talking that good shit about sports. And I got to sit down and chop it up with the brother. So it's not a turbulent week for me. And and as far as whatever the fuck people saying, it doesn't matter. Because uh, what we're doing this for is for something totally different, man. We, we're trying to make inroads into communities that's basically been underserved by baseball and in sports general and you know we talk to anybody and everybody no matter their viewpoint so to be honest most of the time i don't even know what the fuck is being said about us unless somebody bring it to our attention but i am glad that we are in their mouths this is a beautiful thing or in their tweets so fucking keep tweeting about us we 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 love you (laughs) we we appreciate you now, anyway, Thanks. I want to get to this uh, Brian Flores uh, situation. Uh, I think at some point, as a community, and yes, I'm, I'm I'm talking to the black folks out there. As a at some point, as a community. We have to develop our ownership mentality. We have to stop asking to be treated equally, and we have to start demanding that shit. Yes, I said it. 
demanding it. You, I don't want to. Would you please treat me equally? No. You're going to fucking treat me how I should be treated. It's that simple. That's how it's supposed to work. And you have to demand that the shit works that way. But anyway, until we get in ownership, we're going to continue to have this problem. Because I expect people to look out for their people. It's just how life works. And unfortunately, we don't own shit in the NFL. Uh, So I expect this to keep happening. And I expect we'll be talking about this again two years later. Some shit will pop up again about something the NFL did. Because we're not owners in that league. So once again, my message is just... We have to change our mentality and understand that we have to be owners because if we're not owners, we're just employees. And when you're an employee, you are under somebody else's control. That's just a fact. With that being said, Bad Guy Radio out. Hey, what's up, guys? It's time for another episode of Soul of the South Side. Coming to you live from the South Side and for the South Side.